it's post episode ban here. Uh, just a quick note, this video is extremely long because I just posted the entire episode but what I did was I provided titles for each segment uh, so you can just go and fast forward to whichever part you find interesting. Enjoy! Hello! 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 This is Extreme Orange. Welcome to the Extreme Exchange. Today I'm joined with my good friends from Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Extreme Exchange. And today I have the very special privilege of talking to Isaac Ong. So Isaac is founder and leader of Colors Global, an organization that seeks to impact and improve society for the better through local and international outreach programs with various partners. I think I'll, I'll let him explain a bit more later. If you want to find out more, you can check out the link to their website, which I'll put in the description. Um, Isaac also has a career as a singer, uh, appearing in The Final One and The Voice Singapore and Malaysia. But most importantly, he is a fervent disciple of Christ who dedicates his time to ministry and doing God's work wherever he calls him. So, Isaac, I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. No, joy, man. Yeah. So, I actually, I was first introduced to you uh, when you spoke uh, at my school um, for REW, like Religious Emphasis Week. Mm. Yeah, you, you gave like a series of videos and you shared your story. And I mean, mm. me, along with a lot of my classmates, we were very touched uh, by mm. the story that you, that you gave us. Like, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know you went on to uh, go with the CF camp. Uh, yeah. you, you led a CF camp at, at my school, yeah. yeah. So... I, mean, I didn't go for that, but I have friends who said that uh, it was very fruitful at uh, the, the camp. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to start things off, I wanted to ask, um, how, how's your uh, company been? Like, like what, what is it about? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a question I've been asking for a decade. Uh, what does my company actually do? Long and short of it, um, you know, for me, I just find like, you know, whatever lot you want me to do, I'm going to do, you know, whatever that you've put in my hands, I want to steward it well. Uh, and so many years ago, when I was going through the streets of Batam, um, I was like, Lord, how can I help people? You know, I'm not this rich person, politician, teacher, you know, but what is it that I can do? And I remember I was just driving through Batam and I saw the walls of schools that were just grey and I went, I'm so sure I could go and paint some schools and just be a blessing to people. And the whole point about that is not that a bucket of paint is going to change the world um, or its ripple will impact the world in ways I don't understand. I'm sure that happens. But it was just more of not being passive about just doing what God has, you know, given us the authority to do. So I decided to do that. And along with that, um, I felt in my heart, you know, to start a company. And I felt the Lord put in my heart to start a company called Colors Global. So called Colors, which was not a very exciting name. I was like, huh? How would we call like tribe or like something cooler? Um, so I just said, Lord, if you would give me a sign and I would do it, you know. And so when I came back to Singapore, I said, okay, when I get in the cab, you must give some sort of sign. And I, I kid you not, when I got into the cab, the first song that was playing on the radio was, uh, uh, I can see your true colors. And uh, I'm not wow. going to say, wow, the angel of the law or whatever. Lah. I'm just saying like, look, it's not out of alignment with, you know, the word of God, not out of alignment of like doing good things and blessing other people, you know. And so I said, okay, started a company. Uh, and for eons, we uh, just had a heart to just be a blessing to people. And so um, I would work with nonprofits to strategize uh, how to improve their work and their goals and their mission. Uh, we work with uh, uh, especially groups overseas. And then locally, we did the works with Singapore Girls Home and all that. Um, so Colors Global has one arm that helps uh, in, in, in third world nations, uh, nonprofit organizations to help, you know, with medical, human, humanitarian, education, stuff like that. And then locally, uh, we know that the need here may not be so physical in terms of like shelter or food, right? But I think locally, the need here that needs strengthening is thought leadership, is mental health wellness, is the heart and the soul. Uh, and so locally, what we do is we do social media work. So we do social media work with nonprofits, uh, with a few uh, important organizations that uh, have um, the society's needs at heart. And uh, we help to strengthen their online presence and help them to build community around the things that they want to push for and the things that they really want to see come to pass. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about what Colors Global does and how it has been. Uh, it's been a wild ride uh, so far. The Lord has done incredible things. So uh, for most parts in the last 10 years, I've just given my heart to volunteering youth ministry. Um, <clears throat> my church at that point in time um, couldn't afford a youth minister. Um, so I was not paid 
Uh, but I did that like for most, like 80, 90% of my time and then doing odd jobs here and there. Um, and then about last year, the Lord put in my heart says, Isaac, would you go into the marketplace? And I go 100%. Uh, and the Lord really gave me a burden. And when I say the Lord told me, uh, a lot of times I'm moved by burdens, you know, mm-hmm. and I got this huge burden for the marketplace. I had such a huge burden of like wanting to just be among non-Christians even more and just to live a life that might disrupt them, not because... I tattooed the word Jesus on my shoulder or my Instagram said like, hey, son of God, you know, um, but just being a person of joy, hope, love, peace, that it would be a disruption to people that go, you're a little bit wet or there's something really weird or interesting about you or something really peaceful about you and for us to be able to share God through our work and opportunities and stuff like that in the marketplace. So that's a bit what we do. That's yeah. really nice. I mean, I, I see... Um, can I follow you on Instagram? I, I see like um, some of the the groups that you work with, like Intercede App. Is that one of them that, that you are? Yes, Intercede App. Uh, I can't tell you all of them, but yes, Intercede App is one of them that we kind of help out with. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's so amazing to be able to like serve a lot with your work, you know, like most mm. people. Um, I mean, I, I would say that most people just have their jobs and then on the outside, they, they have some other ministry. But um, I think it's really interesting to uh, have, to be able to serve the Lord through your work, like directly through your work. You yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just really nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, glad to hear that, that uh, the work's been really fulfilling for you. Uh, like, even though it's really busy, right? I can, I yeah. can imagine like, okay, I, I can't relate, but um, can imagine not yet. much work. Yeah, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So I think busyness is is you just have to find to like you know where to draw the line to make sure that it's not overwork busyness because of deep fear, worry, and doubt. Mm. But there is labor mm. and different seasons of our lives. We might find ourselves with a little bit more rest. You know, there are mm. seasons of our life that we'll be a little bit more busy. So I think I'm just in a really busy season, and for you, enjoying a little <laughs> bit of uh, I won't say well maybe are you enjoying army. I mean, it's quite blissful uh, relative good. to my friends. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Is there, is there a period of rest for you sometimes coming up? Or does it, is it just... Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's one of the biggest words my friends always advise me. And I'm really thankful for my friends. You know, it's important to have community and people around you that will call you out for things that they feel like in certain seasons you are lacking a little bit in. Uh, so rest has always been one of the things that I... Uh, don't steward very well to be honest uh, I just for me I'm always thinking my mind doesn't shut off you know like I just keep thinking about things and like hey how can we do this how can we improve it and all that and it's not because I have uh, need, I just go like I really love thinking about things I would literally be in the toilet and then I'll look at a toothbrush and I'm like hmm, why should it be placed like that actually it could be placed like that I'm just thinking like that you know? and so where there is work I just go let's go do it but I think it's important sometimes to know uh, when it's important, just rest and relax, you know, and hang out with people and be with people. So there's some seasons, I mean, we are in a startup phase because of the new arm here locally. Uh, we only started about three, four months ago. So to be honest, for the last three months, I've been working nonstop every day, uh, morning to night, including weekends. Um, but just about a few weeks ago, I started to uh, pull the brakes a little bit, started to take back a bit of my weekend. That's why I'm here. Right, right. That's uh, That's and then also taking back some of my nights, which is important, you know. Um, yeah, so, 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 yeah. So rest mm. is kind of like that for me. That's good. Yeah. Balance is important. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess let's get into the, to the meat of what I really wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, so... You wanted to say the real... No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, the... no. no I'm kidding. So, um, I guess, given that you're um, a bit more in the, in the public sphere, the public eye than, than most, I would say, um, I've always wondered, you know, um, what, what do you struggle with um, judgment from other people or, like, fear of man, like, essentially? Yeah. I think when I was a lot younger, I did. Um, I was really concerned about what people would think, you know. I think some of that still exists today, to be honest. Like, I don't like to be misunderstood. I really hate it. I hate mm. it to be. I hate to be misunderstood. But I, I think that uh, when I was younger, it was a lot more paralyzing. But now it's not. You know, now it's just like a hi. <laughs> what am I gonna do? You know. But in the past, I would get really worked up. I would get really angry. I would get really annoyed. You know, and 
um, I think through the years, a lot just helped me to refine me and myself. And it's not so much about what people say, but how their words make me feel. And I have to ask myself, why do I feel that way? You know, when you're in a public sphere, there's so many things that you will have to go through at different seasons. Sometimes it might first start out with like, oh, I don't want people to think bad about me. And then you begin to understand you also have some level of influence, right? And by influence, mm-hmm. it's not to how many people are following you or how many people are you impacting. It's just that the minute there are people around you that you love and you want to impact their lives, you are conscious about what you say. You're mm-hmm. conscious about how they think about you. It's part of that relationship and that process, you know? Um, so I think the law has really refined me in those areas. I think when I was a lot younger, uh, especially because um, when the Lord's put in my heart that, hey, Isaac, I want to use you in the more public sphere, sphere in the media industry. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get through. And people nonstop say, you know, you're weird, you're blah, blah, blah. It really affected me because I went like, but Lord, didn't you ask me to go into that space? Mm-hmm. Um, and for 10 years, it was difficult. I couldn't get anywhere and I couldn't go anywhere. It's like, the doors were just closed. Um, but 10 years on, you know, I realized what the Lord was doing was he was protecting me. He was like, Isaac, you're so thirsty, you know, you're so desperate. Like you're desperate for the dream and you're desperate for that. And you're not, it, not as desperate or thirsty for me to some degree. And I think he really protected me. He just gave me like to sit through 10 years worth of rejection that it came to a point that I just finally just said, Lord, nothing else really matters at all. Mm-hmm. Like I find my complete joy in you. And whether something works out or not, whether this word that you, you've you said or spoken in my life comes to fruition or not, like it doesn't affect me. It doesn't paralyze me. I'm just going to serve you. Uh, and it's in that, that literally everything began to change. And he opened the door for me to go and to do more media industry stuff, which is great because when then I finally, only about 27, 28, got into that space, uh, there were so many temptations. There were so many uh, people that offered to do things, wanted me to do things, offered me if I did this, I would get this amount of money, I'll get this amount of fame, they'll fly me overseas, blah, blah, blah. And it was awesome because at that point, I was like, I really don't care. Like the one person that I've seen been with me every single step of the way is God and I really want to please him. I really, really want to please him. And uh, it's been one of the most liberating things. One of the most liberating things that the Lord uh, helped me back really fathered and disciplined me because he loves me. And then he said, now you're ready and I can walk into it, not just into an opportunity, but enjoying it with a a sense of foundation and like peace, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's that's how I kind of navigate that, you know, in terms of uh, caring what people think and pleasing people. Um, And it's been, it's really fun. It's really fun to now be in a space where you go, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we're called to definitely is um, obedience rather than um, fruition. So even though it, it's hard to, um, it's hard to imagine how, uh, like after we follow, after we follow what the Lord has called us to do, suddenly it seems like everybody hates us or mm. uh, nothing is going where it should be. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, I think what God really desires is uh, obedience to Him. Like, you know, yes. and, I mean the fruits. The fruits are, we don't need to see the fruits, you know, like, like Moses himself, he, he, he didn't get to see the promised land, you know, but he, Israelites eventually reached there. Yeah, I mean, um, I think for me, right, because I, I, guess, I, I guess I'm still young uh, in terms of my walk, um, I, I, I do sense in myself sometimes when um, I'm putting myself out there uh, as a Christian. I mean, even not publicly, but with my friends, right? Um, yeah. I, I always um, feel like I have to uh, make sure I don't seem too Christian-y, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's terrible lah, because, I mean, it, it, it's like when Peter denied Christ, you know? Um, yeah. yeah it, it, um, I guess it's something that, that is difficult for uh, many people in my generation to, to uh, deal with. Um, yeah. And in some sense, it means that we don't dare to live as Christ-like uh, yeah. we, as, as we should. And so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think what you said is, is really great. Like, in terms of understanding um, where you stand, uh, yeah. what your purpose is, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like what God has called you to do. And after that, no, no matter what the, the, the backlash that you receive, I mean, if you're clear between you and God, it, it, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And 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 as you mentioned, uh, it, it is and it will be a process of trying to figure out that because you can quickly modify your behavior to go like, okay, I should be more Christian in this way and that, mm. but it may not be a conviction in your heart. And right. exactly to say, if the Lord is seeking obedience, the Lord is not asking for you to you know, try to produce fruit within that circle and that space. Like, okay, how do I appear more Christian, right? Like, you just simply obey. And obedience means that we look to somebody, right? And we look to him. And so I think at each, at our different space or different time of our life at 17, 18, 20, 21, there will always be an invitation of a daily obedience, a weekly obedience, a monthly obedience, and a yearly obedience. And then we just tread it and we just track it, you know? And in that, all that will fruit will happen whatever else will happen just go like lord how can i obey you and i think that's beautifully put if someone's trying to if someone's listening and you're going how can i be more christian i think it's just how can i obey god more and then see how it goes you know yeah that's great yeah, yeah. so um I, I remember like last time uh during your 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 sharing right uh, you said that you had this opportunity to go on to 97, was it? Yes. Uh, on the radio and yes. um, you sang How He Loves. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yes. in front of, in, in, the, in the radio. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always struggled with um, trying to strike the balance with uh, bringing up faith in a secular environment uh, because, I mean, it, it's, on, on one hand, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of the gospel. We shouldn't be afraid of, of Christ. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we also have to be uh, mindful of, I, I guess, the, the, the context they were in, maybe the, the consequences, you could say. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, what, what was it like for you back then? Like, what was going through your mind? When, when you it was a freaking blast. <laughs> it was a blast because it was something that the Lord put in my heart at 14. And so the Lord gave me a vision when I was 14, me playing Christian radio, Christian music at a radio station. And it just didn't happen all the way until 28. And I was not like, okay, 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 okay. Um, I was like, oh, wow, I, I totally forgot about it, you know? And then when it happened a lot, I was like, hey, it's done. But the beauty was I, was I got an opportunity to share what's really on my heart. You know, and that's why it was a joy. It was not like, all right, how do I manufacture a way, right, <laughs> to be able to see it into the airwaves and get the Lord to it wasn't, it was just like they said, hey, it was simply this DJ Kim says, Hey, can you sing your favorite song? And I went, Sure, my my favorite song is He Loves Us. And they're like, Yeah, sure. And I was like, Oh, okay, let's go. You know, and he even asked, like, what's this song about? And I was like, Hey, it's about faith. Everybody believes in something, this is it. Hmm. It's a joy. It's a joy to share and celebrate about what we love. It's like if someone asked me for a recommendation of a good book or a great movie, I love Dune, by the way, it was amazing on IMAX. <laughs> I, there is a joy in sharing something that's good. And so I don't go, how can I sheep in how to talk about the Dune movie? I just go, Did you just asked me what is the best movie now to watch. Oh my God. And there are so many beautiful moments with that. We are born not to enjoy for ourselves, but it's to be shared. I've gone overseas by myself and I've enjoyed those solo trips. But then there are moments where I see a really beautiful scene and I go, I wish somebody was here with me, you know? And so for me, that's what it looks like to express my faith. It's like, if something is really good, I really want to share it, you know? Um, and like we said, and I, I'm not trying to dilute what faith and being expressive of faith is, but everybody's going to be in that journey, in that space. And I don't want to ever pressure anybody who says, hey, you got to see what I do, and what about you? It's not. It's like everybody needs to live out their obedience and their walk with the Lord and be challenged and allow people to challenge you. But at the end of the day, you have to decide and it needs to come from deep within of the heart. You know, um, I think that line is different from F for everybody. You know, there are some people that the they they have a burning desire, but they know for a period or for a time, they need to be covert. And so they, they just have to be covert, you know, and um, to each really how they are supposed to navigate that, they will have to, they will know it themselves that it's before the Lord, you know, how they navigate through kind of that space. Um, but I feel like if there is an opportunity, why not? You know, and especially if you really deeply uh, believe it, uh, why not? Yeah. Right. I think bottom line is that we have to be genuine uh, about what we believe, you know. 
Um, yeah. I mean, not to censor any part of ourselves, but also not to be too overboard with trying to force things. Yes. You know, like, especially if it's, it's, it doesn't come from your heart. Yes. And I, I think um, it may be a bit of a stretch, but I, I, I do believe that people can sense when things are genuine and when, when you are sincere about what you are saying. You know? 100%. Yeah. And, and I think this is where, um, like when people see that you are truly genuine and sincere about what you believe and not like, not like uh, you know, okay, I got this opportunity to go, right? I'm just going try and plant something in there uh, sneakily, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's about the posture and the heart behind it. Exactly. Yeah. And when it's deeply genuine, there is an ease. And when I say there's an ease, I'm not saying that the situation is easy. I'm saying from you inside, there is an ease. There can be very fierce rejection on the outside. There can be hate. But within, there is an ease. Mm. And that's where it's genuine. It's not like, huh, but then what? Huh? You know? Um, yeah, so, but... Once again, I, I don't know how people think in their head and their hearts, but for me, that's how it's been, you know, and absolutely agree with, with what you're saying. Yeah. I also think that this like, kind of peace um, that comes with it is, is, um, is something that is, is promised. La. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, that, that uh, peace in knowing that you are fighting the good fight, you know, that uh, what you say is, is aligned with God's heart. And, yeah. And then, you know, from there, mm. the peace that transcends all understanding will, yeah. you know, come upon you. Like, um, I, I, I personally believe that this is uh, like an example of where, where the Holy Spirit can show itself, yeah. you know. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So, um, I guess, because the thing I wanted to lead into was about treading carefully in your speech. Mm. Um, but I, we kind of covered it already in terms of um, not, not being so uh, caught up with what should I say, what should I not say, mm. uh, but instead being genuine with uh, your words. Yes. You know? um, yeah, and, and okay, I think, uh, tell me what you think about this. Like, uh, other than that, it's, it's also about being willing to uh, hear criticism, I would say. Um, I mean, of course, too much criticism isn't healthy. Uh, but not shutting yourself off to uh, what other people have to say, you know, um, mm. as in, I would say uh, people can also sense when uh, you are not, um, how do I put this, not uh, being too dogmatic in what you say. I don't know if that's the right word for it, mm. uh, but that you are, really just expressing yourself in terms of, hey, this is, this is what I believe and this is what my life experience has been, you know? Um, and, and this is me, like, I'm coming forth to you. Not that uh, I'm trying to Im impose something on you and say that, you know, you, you, you have to do this as well, but yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think... I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck with this also because, you know, when when I was younger, I used to look at different people and kind of look at them and go like, "Oh wow, why you do this, yeah? Uh, why didn't you do this?" You know, and I judge based on what I feel I would have done, or what I feel the majority would have done, right? But as I grew older, I realized that, wow there are so many different expressions of, let's just use the word evangelism for now, mm. and many different contexts and circumstances that I've now been very careful to tell somebody, hey, you should be tougher. You should be kinder. You should be... I know biblically at the core, and the Lord says that, you see, the Lord doesn't pick on style or methodology. He, speak, he, peaks, he picks on the heart. So he says, right, without love, right, you are but a resounding God, right? Mm -hmm. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he's always been about the heart. And the expressions and methodology will change with context, with culture, with time. It will change. Um, I say that because I've met people that are the, what we call, shove the Bible down people's throat kind. Mm -hmm. And it has worked. It has worked for some people. I have met people who are, uh, they reach out to a specific group of people of a different faith and 
they will actually call them and say, you are a dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm about to like take out the resounding gong and like, you are a resounding gong. But do you know that the people get saved because he understands how to talk to them and where to bring them. But his love is not in him saying, you dog. It's when nobody looks and he's in his closet and he's weeping for the nation. He's weeping for the people for years. And so when he looks at them, he comes not in anger, he comes in love and you can smell it. That he has a way to speak because of he understanding a certain people group. Hmm. So all that I have come to learn and realize today, and I mean, if you want to go further, this can be sensitive. When we talk about preachers, you know, we talk about different pe- preachers and pastors. I think one of the things, especially with social media, is really sped up the way we have uh, the ability to take a look at what people say, uh, at what people's, the, 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 the preacher's sermon and all that, and really cut it up, you know, uh, to be able to pick out who we feel is, uh, you know, heretical, who is uh, a false prophet. Uh, and I would just say everybody, to some degree at some point of our lives, you know, 100%, yeah, you know. Sure. But I think the danger of cutting up people like that so much and so fast is that we don't know them deeply and personally mm. and we don't let them journey. And that's why the Bible says, right, about the wheat and the tear. And it says, don't pull it out so early because you might pull out the wrong ones. But it says the Lord will come and he will finish it. And he says, you are not to do that. And so I think the way we have used the word false prophet or that is so easy today. I, so, I yeah. get scared though. I'm like, you sure or not? Mm. I 100%, if I went to take a look at when I was 18 years old, preaching some of my sermons at youth, at, at youth ministry, confirm people have tons of things say about me. But can you imagine they cut me at 18 and they say you're a false prophet? You know, yeah. and I just think we need to be really careful, even if it's a 60 year old man. And the Bible clearly picks it up. It says, be careful not to pull out that there are, there are people among you that are not legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. But be careful not to pull it out because if you try to pull them out now in your own mere wisdom, you're going to pull out and hurt people that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And um, I think with that, I think if people, sit down and talk with me and they say, hey, you know, what do you think about outreach, about this or that? I would give them my advice based on what I understand, what I think I can discern, but I'll never put it as absolute. And I'll go like, but what has God put in your heart? You know, and some people will go down the Bible bashing route. Um, and we always talk about how it doesn't work, but there's some, some people it work, you know? So I'm not saying that's what I adopt because that's not what I love to do. Um, but some people there might be deep love in it. And then, of course, there are some people, whatever they do, right? You don't talk about Bible bashing. There are people that go on mission trips and it's really nothing about the kids. It's about yeah. them and what photo they can post, right? <laughs> and that is a resounding gong. And that, even though outwardly it might look less violent as Bible bashing, actually, it might be equivalent if you just have no heart and love, right? And the Bible bashing one, if there's love and heart, that might be more Jesus-y than... Yeah. a kid at mission work with no heart of love. Sure. So how do we know, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, but it's also not about like, okay, since we cannot judge anything, then we all just kumbaya and no one <laughs> says anything. I think that's where we learn our place and our space. That for us, we have communities of people that can speak into our lives. And then we also recognize, if I am not part of this person's community, do I really need to say anything? Do I really need to say anything? Yeah. If I'm not... Let his community, and if I really feel so passionate, write to his community. Why do we need to post into story of like, heresy, fuck, yeah, like, exactly. you sure, bro? You really sure? <laughs> I'm even scared. The last time someone made fun of a prophet, a bear came out and maul him. I'm, I'm <laughs> out, man. You know, and so I think some of these things need worth considering, you know, and uh, I think uh, for us as Christians, we need to be careful about how much we want to weigh in on other people's lives that we don't have full context, understanding, never walk with the person or a day. And before we say anything, I, is it even partnered with prayer? If you really are so concerned, but Isaac, I'm so concerned, then get on your knees and pray. We like to spray more than we pray. And I think we need to readjust that a little bit more. Um, but just some of my 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think this false teacher labeling thing has very strong, very, very strong connections and parallels to cancel culture. Mm. Like, I mean, it's very easy just to slap the label, you're a false teacher, and then completely disregard anything that he says. Um, but I mean, I, I really don't believe that 100% of what people, what somebody says is, is false. Mm. You know, and, and there's always these, even if like, 70% of what they say is false, right? There's still the 30% that is worth listening to and, and something that you can learn from. Yeah. Know? And I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you said about, yeah, um, yeah not, not, not um, being very careful with, with the hard time because you, you, I mean, similar to, to cancer culture, online, you don't really know what, what the person's story is, you know, what they've been through, uh, what their heart behind it was originally, yeah. and all you see is the 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 face value, uh, terrible things, you know. Yeah. And then you just you just throw all the hate at them, and um, it's not very productive either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I agree. Agree very much. But and, and so- the danger of the danger of over criticizing someone mm-hmm. will give opportunity and room for us to over glorify someone, right. and that's not that's very dangerous you know um we all know about ravi zacharias and mm. he was a great man of god you know for whatever he has done no one condones it no one it, it, no one agrees with that and that's him between him and the lord but i remember when he passed away and before all, all the saga you know came out all yeah. that everyone was posting this is one man of god like unlike the others completely untouchable mm. and i go are y'all crazy like yeah. why would you say that I'm I'm so sure he had like um, like crazy amounts of sin, a lot of things he had to deal with. Don't over glorify someone mm. like that. And I joked with my friend, even before the saga came out, I joked with my friend to say, like, you know, when he meets Jesus, they're like, wow, can you imagine? They were like, whoa. And I go, <laughs> I, I think so. But I also think G, like God will be like, you know, that thing you really thought was sound theology. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that was yeah. false. You know, as Ravi's like, yeah, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. anyway, just some For thoughts. Sure. I mean, yeah, I went through that whole uh, Ravi Zacharias thing also, like, because it was just before everything was released that I actually found Ravi um, and I listened to, to what he had to say and I thought, wow, you know, some of what this guy says is, is yeah. pretty legit. You know? yes. And then, um, but I also saw uh, like people lifting him up and I think yeah. when we lift anyone other than Christ up, yeah. it's just bound to bound to be terrible. Like, and yeah. like, Something that I noticed also is that if you put all of your, let's say, faith in Ravi or, or all of your awe and wonder in Ravi, and suddenly news like this shows up, you know, the yes. sins that he had gets uncovered. Um, the the grounding for your faith is suddenly shaken because you're like, whoa, uh, this guy that, that I thought was perfect isn't perfect anymore. Does that mean the faith that I have is, is false? And then it could lead you elsewhere, you know, and yeah. lead you down the wrong path. Yeah, I mean, um, I should also say that uh, back to the, the point on uh, like false teachers, I guess. Um, mm. One thing we can do is, is, I mean, to really check ourselves first. Like, because um, Jesus did say that, you know, before you try and take the speck in your brother's eye, remove the plank in your own eye, you know. Yeah. Examine which areas in which you are making assumptions, yeah. uh, in which you are uh, like going with your own biases as to what you want yeah. to hear. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, in that way, we can really make sure that that we are you know, more aligned with what God has to say, what God's yeah. word is. Yeah. Instead of just pointing fingers and going, oh, that's heresy, oh, that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Agree, agree, agree. Okay. That's really nice. Yeah, so, um, okay, let me see. Uh, anything <laughs> along the lines of, yeah, I think... Yeah, with with fear of man related things, I'm, I'm quite happy with where we're at. Uh, mm. with things have been said. Uh, so um, I wanted to move to something closely related. Okay. Which is about God's love. So mm-hmm. okay, I I wrote down that there were two things I wanted to talk about, but I think one of them is more related to what we just talked about, which is um, about tolerance and love. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's this. Right now in society, there's, there's this thing going around about love is love, you know, let, let, let's be accepting of all things. I think you mentioned it just now, the kumbaya, but um, let's just close both eyes and, and hug everybody and mm. accept everybody, not, not accept everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I guess the question for me is, is there a distinction between um, love 
and uh, tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that the definition of what love is in the world is severely broken, mm. just as what the world's definition of freedom is severely broken, just as what the world's definition of justice is severely broken. Anything that is, and this is, and we making this statement is because as Christians, that's what we believe, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so not, Jesus is not what we're saying, okay? Jesus, what we're saying, Jesus is not an alternate lifestyle, right? He is not an alternate lifestyle. He is life itself. And so the opposite of life is not another lifestyle, it's death. And so when we say he is love, we're saying that he's the definition of love. And every other expression of love or anything else that is out of him out and not aligned with him is false and it's broken, you know? And so, I mean, the world is led by uh, ever-changing uh, narratives, ever-changing cultures. And so their love will move along the way, along yeah. that, you know? Um, and so I think this whole idea that for Christians, we must be careful. Uh, I've seen a lot of people online be very quick to just go, love is this, love is that. Hmm. Um, and while it's of good intention and good heart, that's not enough. Yeah. Uh, good intention and good heart is not enough. It, it might be good enough if truth doesn't exist. And then we're all just based on each other's vibes. Hmm. But truth exists. And so there is a standard and there is a marker. Uh, and as I'm saying these things, it can be very unwelcomed because you know how huh? are you trying to bring us back into the ages of <laughs> standards and markers they're not bad things you know yeah, exactly. holiness is beautiful it is uh, it is horrible if there is no salvation hmm. it is the worst thing to be a part of to watch something you cannot be a part of forever and if it's only by the law, it is so... Wow. But because of what Jesus done on the cross, right? Holiness, beauty, standards, markers are some of the most liberating things ever because it gives us direction. It gives us... it, em And so I think that um, when we look at the world, it's okay to come with this is the biblical standard. And this biblical standard doesn't happen because of us. It happens through what Jesus done on the cross. And I daily now choose to obey because this is the way it's meant to be. It's, if I could really oversimplify it, right? Super, super oversimplify it to unpack it in a way. It's like, it is the original design. That's what it is, right? My arm, Everybody is going to say, it is your hair. Do whatever you want to do. Sure. But it was designed for something. And it is fully utilized when we use it for what it's created for. And it, when it's fully utilized for what it's created for, not as a decoration piece, not as whatever, right? You will find an ease to life. You will find an ease to doing things. There will be a joy in living. And then there is the benefit to other people and there's a benefit to self if the hand is used for what it's designed. Similarly, our lives and love, when it sticks to its original design, it is beautiful for us. It's beautiful for other people. There is an ease to living. There is a joy and it doesn't feel like a date weight. And love in the world today is a date weight for most people. Divorce, rejection, hate, right? All that. And love is one of those things that people are like, and that's why you have quotes, right? Like, you know, don't love anybody. Like, you know, just be your own man, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah. love has become such a disappointing thing. And then if you find somebody you love, you're damn lucky, you know? And that's where we know that it, it's designed, it's broken. And so we as the people of God, how do we love people? It begins with truth. Hmm. Love is not separate from truth. And the minute we try to love without truth, that is your own design. Love is always partnered with truth. It's always, it's not either or, it's both. And what we do when we love this world is not to say it's okay. 
you can do whatever you want to do. We can say that, that, hey, you have the choice. God gave you a choice to do whatever you want to do. But there is actually a standard. And the standard sounds crazy, but not as crazy because the crazier thing was done that God said, you will never be able to meet the standard on your own. But this standard and this original design, which is to be one with him, right, is attainable because God sent his son to die on the cross for you. And so now living on this earth and in this life, we can give ourselves to him. We can daily obey and we fight our flesh, right? To be able to live out what he has called us to live out and then bless and help other people along the way as well. Um, I think there are many segments to draw. I think uh, a lot of times it gets muddled when people feel like people engage in Christian conversations about God without love. And I think that clearly happens. But then when we use that, right, and we use that repeated problem, right, and then now blanket everything, everything is now great. Everything is just like, therefore, the extreme end to counter this whole muddleness or this gray area is to say, you know what? We should let the world just be. Anything goes. No, you know, like God looked at the world and he said, this world is so far from my standard. This world is so far from my design. And he didn't say, I'll let them be. He continues from the beginning right to the end. You see how hard the Lord reaches to his people nonstop through stories, through prophets, through the tabernacle, through Hosea, constantly trying to display his love for his people. Mm-hmm. With the same cry, I, I, that his desire is, I will be their God and they will be my people. And then he sends his son to die on the cross. Then he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not here to go find your water bottle or to help you pass your exam. The Holy Spirit is known to be your guide, to guide you into all truth, to convict you, and to glorify God. And then he calls us as the disciples to go. And then we have to go to continue knock on the door of people's hearts. You know, and so love doesn't let things be. Love compels us. You know, love has movement and action and power and love has a standard. And we don't need to be afraid that there is a standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, to add on what you said about uh, original design, right? Um, yeah, I think like not only that, but if you don't follow the original design, um, it could lead to some pretty bad things happening to you, right? And so love in sharing the truth is in some sense to help you to see that by not following this design, the design that God has made for us, um, you could fall into some pretty big holes, you know, and, and what love is it to ignore the fact that there's a hole there and tell the person, yeah, you could just go that way because um, I don't want to offend you. Um, you can just go that way. And then when he goes that way, he's going to fall into the hole. Um, and I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's not love, you know, that's yeah. just, um, I would say that's a form of expedience, I would say. Like, yeah. um, like long-term, sacrificing the long-term for the short-term uh, acceptance that you can provide the person. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, agree. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I also think it's hard sometimes because um, the truth of the matter is, right, if you really want to lead a worldly standard of a good life in this world now, you actually don't need God. I know tons of people, right, who are very wealthy, who have amazing things, and they enjoy their life fully now. Um, and sometimes it's hard for us as Christians because how do we try to help somebody who cannot see eternity, you know? And that's why it feels like, wow, you are offending me because what they value and what they behold is this world and this life. And a lot about the faith sometimes disregards and sacrifices a lot of what these worldly pleasures are for eternity, and I think in those cases, especially, I think it's important that we really pray and say, Lord, will you open the eyes of my friend's heart? Would you help them to see eternity? Because I don't know how. Would you help them to see eternity? And we pray. We relentlessly pray. And we live lives that really, like as the Bible says, like we are but nomads, right? Like all of our decisions, all of our choices are so eternal driven that people will go, you really believe this eternity thing, eh? Like you really, and it seeps into many things. It's not just about, you know, when we talk about eternity, then we quickly uh, associate it with like, okay, my treasures are not on this earth, but in heaven, so I can give to the poor. 
But it's even as, and I'm guilty for that, right? It's even as simple as like getting really pissed off with somebody because we hold the now so tightly. But if you really think long-term, long-game, you go, how do I manage that? And how do I not get so angry with somebody or like go after somebody because it's okay that I lose now, you know, so that this person can... So it's it's so deep. We see the the eternity is not a place. It's wow. It's a deep revelation. You know, we we pray that we get it, and we pray that other people will really be able to see eternity. Yeah. Right. I mean, it really puts things in perspective. Um, I mean, it's a completely different mind, mindset change to to think about eternity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you said just now about somebody who, you know, is content with the wealth that he has uh, on this earth and takes, I guess, comfort in the, the, the treasures that he mm-hmm. has on this world. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been so puzzling to me as to um, this, this one phrase that I wrote down a while ago. What about those who are happy without God? And I think it's, it's just because it's, it's, it's hard to get out of that hole, you know, um, when, when all you see is um, this... I guess short-term amount of pleasure that you can have, um, and and then you are blinded to this whole new world of, of experience and joy, and uh, you know that you can you can have eternity with God. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 um, sometimes it's like if someone's really joyful, right? They're like Isaac. I don't need God, I'm really happy, right? Then my my position and my pitch is not, you need God to be even more joyful. I say, mm. hey bro, I know you're joyful and I know that you enjoy this life. But I just want to tell you something that I believe and something that I feel it's truth. And I know it's truth. And I say, hey, I know you're really happy, but this has nothing to do with your pleasure. I'm telling you, this is the truth, that God exists and that you are supposed to be with him. And that you are supposed to worship and serve him, right? I know it sounds like, wow, like once again in this culture, it's like, why are you, you know? But yeah. that's the truth. And so I don't care if you're really happy now because your happiness does not negate what truth is and what you are originally designed to do. Um, and because God exists, he wants to be with you. Now, do you want to know him? And I'll leave it at that. And my friend probably go, go and die, right? But he probably think a lot of times, once in a while, he's like, is there really a God? Not driven by a problem or not driven by a need, but just driven by what is life actually. That's the truth. And that's it, you know? And I think, um, yeah, we actually are created to worship Him and not even just for the pleasure of ourselves, mm. but for the pleasure of our God, you know? And I want to fulfill that that even if it's if I don't feel good about it because it is real and true at the pleasure of our king, you know? So I think that's another part that needs to be even more present. I don't know in some of our conversations and some of the things. Right. I mean, it's definitely true that I'm saying something like that could, could cause a huge uproar. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe not in the public, but with, uh, with the person himself, you know? Um, but... I mean, going back to, to love, I think what love is, is, is um, truth, maybe at times at the expense of uh, what the other person might think of you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it relates very well to uh, the parent-child relationship, as in um, if you're a parent and uh, you see that your child is doing something that could lead them to danger, you know. Uh, the child thinks that putting a scissors in his mouth is good or something like that. And, you know, you, you, unfortunately, you have to tell him the truth and say, look, this is going to hurt you really badly. And then you take the scissors away, right? And obviously, the child is young enough. Um, they're probably going to be really mad at you for uh, doing something like that. You know, how, how can you take away this toy? I just wanted to do this. Why can't you just let me do this? Or why do you have to expose me to uh, the painful truth, right? Um, and as much as it pains the parent to see the child uh, get angry at you, um, it is this love that transcends it, like, um, that yeah. you want the best for them and you want them to see the truth and so um, you have no you, you know you, you would be you would gladly sacrifice that uh, 
that short-term uh, acceptance yeah. Uh, yeah. in pursuit of the truth and love. Yes. And I've come to learn and realize that there are a lot of my friends who they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Jesus. They're involved in a lot of things that are not of the word or not of Jesus at all. But they're very okay with my stance and they're very okay with me sharing truth um, because even though they reject it, I don't treat them differently. I don't look at them differently yeah. and I don't hang out with them differently. And they're like, we're totally okay with that, you know? And in fact, because of that, it annoys them to some degree because I think it would be easier for them to go, he's this Christian holy dude yeah. that's just like trying to push down this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it's his. But the fact that I'm not, they're like, you don't know what to do, you know, how I like, mm. could this be legit, you know? Yeah. And I go, yeah, it is, you know? So anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I had a thought just now, I wanted to say it. Uh, shucks. Whoa. It's okay, it'll come back. <laughs> okay, wait, can you say the last, like, last thing that you said again? Uh, we, I talked about... Uh, your friends yeah my friends right they are okay with uh, me sharing truth because you know I don't treat them differently oh, okay okay uh, yeah yeah right right I remember now uh, I think it's it's something that uh, Ravi Zachariah said actually um, mm. it's about um, how we treat ideas and how we treat people uh, mm. because we, we I think he said I'm paraphrasing but he said we live in a society where um, we treat uh, ideas uh, as equal and people as not but mm. when in reality uh, it is the ideas that we should be criticizing not the people themselves you know and we can we can see beyond uh, what what the person's uh, belief is you know and just because you you disagree with what they what they believe or disagree with the way they act doesn't mean you have to treat them as if they're your enemy yes you know and so yes Yes, 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 yes. But that, that's a lot to do. Yeah, because sure. already not even non-Christians, Christians among Christians fighting all day long. Exactly. So it's yeah. like we've got a lot of work to do. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. But I think it's the small steps that we can take. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's nice. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess the last, very last thing, it, it's quite separate from the topic mm -hmm. that we've been on. So uh, yeah, it's more it's more handles based. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, my my impression of you is that um, you uh, are very in tune to the Lord's heart. Mm -mm. And I mean, I've I, I'm curious to know um, because I know people hear from God differently, uh, but I'm curious to know how you personally um, have convictions from God and how you hear. Uh, what he has to say, you know, and, and follow it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some, I, uh, uh, I think God replies me a lot through convictions, dream, prophecies, hearts, different things, right? Because I ask a lot. I ask all the time, you know, and um, I have questions about everything. And some people go, wow, I said, I said, God talked to you a lot, so unfair. And I go, actually, I think our ratio is the same, you know. A ratio of the replies to questions is the same. <laughs> if he probably asked, asked me, reply me a lot, because I ask all the time. I, I have so many nights. I, wow, I will cry to sleep, you know. I will literally shout and scream. There's so many nights I remember in hotel rooms, right? Like when I'm overseas or even at home, I'll cry and I'll scream. God, just show me yourself. And I will really feel like I want to die. And I will cry until I fall asleep. And I wake up next morning and I'm just like, wow, my eyes are all swollen because I'm just like, I really want to know you. I really want to see you. And that still puzzles me to this. And I go like, God, I'm sure my heart is super earnest, you know, like, why? You know, and um, I still can't figure that out. But the Lord speaks to me through convictions. The Lord speaks to me through dreams. The Lord speaks to me through visions. The Lord speaks to me through words. The Lord speaks to me through whispers in my heart. Um, and when I was younger, I really couldn't sense what was me and what was not. Mm. Um, but really, day to day, hanging out with the Lord has helped me to really discern what is a little bit more Him and what is me. And even what is me is not a bad thing. Because if me is more aligned with God, then my me becomes sharper as well. But it's, yeah, it's that tuning, you know, and then um, God speaks to people. 
God speaks through, yeah, you know, and I hear all these different confirmations because there might be a dream that I get and then someone will confirm it. Mm. And then I go, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what it sounds like, you know, or I had this thought or this uh, direction of feeling towards something. And then it comes to pass with uh, something that happens. And I go, oh, wow, okay, that's sensing. And to each person, it's really, really, really quite different, you know. Um, yeah, I think I've really seen the Lord's hand in my life a lot in different things. I mean, even like in this office space that I'm in, when I was looking for an office space for the company, I was looking around and I only could afford a hundred square foot office. And that's really small. That's you put a table and a couple of chairs. And I said to the Lord, Lord, you know, it is my desire that you be in this. So I'm not asking for a great deal. I'm asking for a God deal. And a God deal might mean 100 square foot for a million dollars as opposed to $50. And that might be a God deal because I go, it's not about how good the price is. It's God, I just want to know that you're in this. And so I literally prayed and I said like, Lord, I want to get an office that I know that you marked it, you know. And I remember when I was viewing an office around the area, 100 square foot for like this amount of dollars that I only had budget for, I really felt in my heart, the Lord said, wait, you know, and I cannot explain it. It was just, it was like almost like maybe the best word I can describe, right? It's a sense of faith, like, ha, huh? like just believe, just believe it's going to come. And so I just said, just believe, just wait, because something's going to come. And then true, true enough, the next day, someone called me and says, hey, um, um, I feel in my heart that the Lord wants to help you. So I've got a thousand square foot office. Um, how much wow. can you pay? And I said, the, the hundred square foot budget. And he was like, yeah, sure, this is yours. And I went, ha ha, wow. you know? And I think the best way I describe this sensing and feeling, it's always this element of faith, like this confidence, this assurance, it is the Lord. Now, there are times that I have this confidence and then I realize it's not. And I just take that and I go, well, I'm human, man. And I apologize or I go, okay. But I don't let that go. Oh, yeah, now I don't know anymore. You know, I go, but I, I remember, right? I remember the many times that, Lord, it sinks. So I want to keep getting to know and to hear you. And, and yeah, so every time I feel a, a certain confidence about something, a certain confidence that doesn't make sense why I feel that confidence. And that's what faith is, right? This confidence. I go, okay. You know, this is what I sense the Lord is asking and putting. And then sometimes I don't feel the confidence. No. Sometimes you can feel confidence, uh, but also be very unsure. That means, right, example, like God gives me a word for somebody and I go, I know, I, I really feel like it's for you, no. But then I go, but what if it's not? But that doesn't negate that there's actually an initial confidence. I, I really feel like this, I, I don't know, man, like, bro, I just want to share this with this person, but I scare I'm wrong. And so you can be in that place, still have a bit of that fear and worry, but there's this confidence that makes you want to go and do something. Uh, go get it. Just go get it. And then make sure that it's aligned with the word of God. Make sure it's in love, Right. And then in this case, like, release it. And if you're afraid, I, can, I always go to people and go like, hey, I, I don't know if it's from the Lord, uh, but th that's what I feel. I feel it in my heart. I feel this confidence. So I'm going to release it to you. If it's not, please reject it. If it is, I ask you to speak to people so that they can check and they can check you with this word, you know? And so it's about setting up these different things, you know? And so, yeah, slowly learning different things and trying to figure out this um, sensing. Yeah. I mean, after all, it is a relationship with... Uh, with a, a living God, you know, and I mean, yeah. I, I think definitely when you first start off with getting to know somebody, you may not be so in tune with their little quirks or the way they work, the way they speak, the way they convey information to you. Uh, but I think it is really as we uh, journey together with God that we become more and more attuned to His voice. Um, I think uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, Know, my sheep know my voice uh, mm -hmm. something like that and yes. and yeah i mean i think at times when we try and hear from god right um at least for me i have the tendency to uh imagine that he is just um uh, some mystical force you know that pulls things together uh, and i forget that i'm actually speaking to a personal god uh, a personal being yeah and so yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do, I do agree. It is, 
thank you everybody so much for watching this video. You know, I hope it was fruitful and insightful for you. And thank you to Isaac for taking the time to be here. Yeah, so um, I think this will be the last episode for uh, this season. So thank you so much for, um, I guess, joining with me through this time. Yeah, and I guess I'll see you the next episode of The Extreme Exchange. Bye-bye.